This episode of the Cutting Edge Podcast is brought to you by GlassGadget.com. Showcase Innovations creates tools that help shower door installers be more efficient and save time. Check out GlassGadget.com for more information. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. It's 530 Pacific Time. Here in beautiful Santa Cruz, California. Oh, man, I know you wish you were here. Uh, January 3rd, it's like beautiful. Um, so I'm sorry if you're like snowed in or whatever, but I'm enjoying it. I got my short sleeves on. And... But uh, if you're out there, um, welcome. Thanks for coming back. If you're in the uh, Facebook group watching on the live stream, you can just go ahead and watch. Or you can click on the link, come into the Zoom room where we're hanging out, chatting, talking about stuff. Um, and then you can kind of get involved in the conversation if you're into that sort of a thing. Uh, let's see here. Um, trying to think if there's anything else I need to mention other than just Happy New Year. It's uh, our first live stream of 2024. So um, I'm excited and I know you guys are too. So uh, yeehaw. I survived the long weekend back to work and uh, life is good. Well, anyway, I see that Christina is out there. I know that she's been working hard on the shower door professionals co-op she's kind of the lead the leading the charge of the steering committee she's kind of steering the steerers if you can imagine that and uh what's going on christina do you have an update for us i do so um for better for worse i guess i'm leading the charge here but um Things are going really well, so we're still meeting weekly. Uh, took a little bit of a hiatus during the um, holiday, but we uh, met yesterday morning, yep, and um, started going through the bylaws. So what we're going to do, um, now that we put together the ownership, uh, co-op ownership kind of one-pager, if you will, um, which is posted to the Facebook group, we will um, start the bylaws and we'll get about 60 to 70% of the way through that before speaking with an attorney so that we can have an informed decision or informed decisions and informed conversations with an attorney and not run up an hourly bill. So that's what we are going to be working on probably for the next few weeks because the bylaws need to be really, really put together. Um, and then we are meeting with a CPA next week. So that's exciting. And it's a CPA who um, works specifically with co-ops and we got her name from the Georgia Cooperative Development Center. So she will be helping us try to figure out how to structure this business entity so that it is separate from any one business. Um, so it is a shared ownership across all of us. So um, if you're interested in joining this in any capacity, please reach out to myself, to Rob Gomez, fill out the form. You can reach out to Chris Phillips. Um, 
we are keeping kind of a, a running list of people who are interested in more information. And once we have all of the information, we will get that sent out in a nice little email blast and also in this meeting. So I think that's it. Did I miss anything, Chris? Hello, testing one, two. Okay, there we are. No, I don't think you missed anything at all. I, I'm just curious, do we have kind of a, a tally of how many people have shown interest so far? The last number I got, and Rob, you can keep me honest here, but the last um, count, I'll just curious, is about 17. And it doesn't sound like a lot, but I can kind of understand that um, for right now, because there's not a lot to show and it's kind of conceptual and some people know a little bit about it and are just curious and some people don't really know so haven't signed up so don't worry don't panic like we've we are going to get some more concrete information for you and then if you're interested you still have plenty of time to sign up there's about 30 it will be ongoing there's about 34 now um, right. people that have submitted their emails for interest or have commented in some way now that I've tallied it up. And now I just need to make sure everyone gets responded to um, so they can understand how they can be a part of the conversation, whether it's the weekly meetings if they want to, or just the overall input that's needed at the various stages of what does it look like? What are these qualifying, all these different variations of what a shower door co-op can do for people? Um, so we'll try to make one hub so everyone knows how to be involved as much as they want to be. Yeah, excellent. And and if you're out there and you're listening, you haven't um, actually, you know, clicked on anything or shown any interest, but you are interested, this is a good time to just kind of do that. Just kind of get on board, just show, uh, show that you do have some interest in it. Um, and then that kind of helps everybody, you know, um, get an idea of, of, of what's going on. I mean, I know there's not really much to, to, uh, to, you know, we're still in the forming stages of it. I don't even know what I'm trying to say here. Gosh, my brain is like <laughs> a new year's brain, but, um, yeah, you know, go ahead, click on the link, let us know that you want to be, uh, involved and then, um, it's a good thing. And just for a little bit of clarity, when we say co-op or be involved in this or show interest, this is a referral network um, that we're kind of talking about. Mm -hmm. And hopefully we'll be able to grow this referral network into something a little bit more concrete, maybe a, um, an association that's recognized by the NGA, maybe, um, you know, marketing, educational resources, um, by our powers combined, we can do a lot of great things. So. Yeah. Right, right. And though there aren't like vast numbers of people lining up and showing interest, the people that are showing interest are people who are, um, you know, uh, people who we all we know in the industry whose opinions, you know, we really value and they're willing to show up and kind of start starting to do these, um, the building blocks part of the of the process, which is grueling. Absolutely grueling. I mean, if you're someone who started something up before, and I think probably most of you are, people who have started something, you know what that's like in the beginning. It's um, 
it's slow going and it's unrewarding and it's um it takes character that's why everybody doesn't do it uh that's why it's rare for people to be entrepreneurial because um it's you know you do a lot of work and you don't see much in the in the early stages but the people who are kind of starting to invest in it are people who um i'm just i'm honored to be on on the team with so i have i'm excited about what's coming up nice so thanks very much for the update christina and um hey what do you guys uh what do you guys do at this time of year you know when when uh you kind of got a new year i know a lot of people make resolutions i don't know if a lot of people do i know people have in the past i don't know if that's a thing that's just of the past but I know some people put together kind of a vision, you know, or goals or um, think about what, uh, what's been working, or maybe what's not working, what needs to change. Um, so I'm just wondering if any of you out there are thinking about some, doing something different in 2024. Tell me about it. Well, <clears throat> definitely the goal is growth. I mean, hacking yeah. uh, small business. Um, I know for us, we've uh, we're actually. I mean, like a lot of people that I've seen online, are uh, kind of revitalizing the shop a little bit, trying to get a little bit more organized, moving some stuff around. Uh, you know, doing that 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 big cleanup. So that's what we've been doing, kind of getting a little bit more organized here at the shop. Uh, one thing that I am <clears throat> looking at is, which I was gonna kind of bring it up to the group too, and. As far as the guys that have like, you know, sales guys going out in the field, <clears throat> and I'm not looking for any particular dollar amount, but how are you guys <clears throat> like structuring, you know, compensation for, for that, that position? Is it like something <clears throat> close to like you're paying them like as a, as an installer, are you guys using, you know, some of your installers to go out and do appointments or, you know, how do you guys, how do you guys structure that? <clears throat> I, I can help if you want, Chris, or at least get it started. You're muted, Chris. Yes, please do. Uh, Cameron. Thanks, Bill. Appreciate that. Cameron, we have guys, when we first started, yes, the sales guys uh, that we found that were good came from the installation realm. So they were capable of doing that. So during our first growth stage, that's exactly what we did. And we paid them as installers and we bonused them for sales after a certain dollar amount. As we grew and they became specific salespeople and not installers, the only thing they would do would be very small service calls, like uh, replace a sweep for somebody. They can put a sweep in their car and a little set of pruners to trim it, maybe a little file to soften the edge. But really, those really minor service calls that would be a nuisance to send a truck with a couple of guys, they do that. As we transition, we have both inside and outside sales guys. And to us, they're a team. Uh, customers come in the showroom or designers bring them in the showroom. The inside salesperson kind of gives them all the information, teaches them, uh, you know, gives them value about what they're buying, sets the appointment. 
and the outside sales guy does the measuring and closes the deal. So we find that it's a team. So what we've done is each store location has a target number to hit every month, which is our break even. We have calculated what it would cost, how much sales we need to sell to break even. You calculate all your fixed costs, like your rent, your insurance, et cetera, your taxes and your electricity. So you have your fixed costs, then your salary costs. And after they hit that target number, which again, it's different for each location, um, then they get bonused after that. So they have a salary, but the salary is not a big salary, but it's enough to keep them hungry enough to go after the commission. But the commission does not top out. They can make as much money as possible. We want them to be very wealthy because the more that they sell, the more that we all make. It keeps everybody busy. Gotcha. So that that commission, is it... Um... Is it like a percentage based on, you know, whatever the total dollar amount is, I'm assuming, right? It's a little deeper than total dollar amount, because if you base it on total dollar amount, you don't take into the account mistakes, especially mm -hmm. measuring mistakes. Mm -hmm. You also don't take into account what they're selling it for. So you have to have a certain margin. So they get a bonus based on the margin. And we set that margin. If they sell jobs, that fall below the margin, it's a much less mm -hmm. uh, bonus. Mm -hmm. So to simplify it, if you gave the store a $100,000 goal and they sold a thousand doors at a, you know, $10 a piece for $100,000, we're all losing money, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't set it on just revenue. You have to set it on the profit margin of the revenue generated. Right. So we have a goal set and then based on the profit margin. Mm -hmm. And we're very open with them. They know what the margins are. They know how to calculate it. As a matter of fact, we have it written for everyone. So it, we're not holding anything behind them. We just want to make sure that they don't make mistakes. They were not throwing money out the window and that they hit their margin. So if they sold a, a door that's more than their margin and they would have made money but made a mistake on it, that counts against that job. So by the time you get the replacement class or whatever replacement labor it is, they may have lost money on that job. But that gets all rounded out at the end of the month. So, I mean, if they're having a good month, a few mistakes are human. It's going to happen, but it's not going to hurt them that bad. Gotcha. Okay. So yeah. that that's a big mistake a lot of guys do is just give them a flat percentage of sales. But, you know, always look at the extremes. And the extreme here is selling a thousand dollars and a dollar a door. Sure, they made a thousand dollars, right? Well, no, <laughs> we all lost, so we're not going to bonus them on that. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so they have they have some latitude in, in terms of pricing and stuff. So yeah. kind of like at a car dealership, whatever you know. I mean, uh, a dealer can like sell the car for a little bit less, take a little bit less of a in his margin in order just to get another car off the lot or whatever, or it could sell it for, you know, get that full price and then get, you know, the maximum commission. Yeah. And, and we just use flat pricing. In other words, they don't get more because they sell a coating on the glass. They don't get more because they sell low iron or upgrade this or that it's the total package. So we, we know how to margin it out and, 
they, you know, yes, they have some flexibility. I mean, if they're going to go after a builder and a guy's going to give them 500 homes, yeah, you're not going to be at the top price. But if you average that out over 500, they'll still be within margin. Now, Bill, how do you track it? Every, every job has a job cost, right? We know how long the installers are at the jobs. We can calculate that. That goes into our cost. And basically know every every piece of hardware that's going out on the job. Our software is sophisticated enough that when the guys sell it and order entry puts the jobs in, they're putting in every hinge, every sure. stick of channeling, the square footage of glass, and they know what they're getting charged. So we know all our cost of goods sold. You know, that's the easy part. And then mm -hmm. it's the, the labor part. And we use averages. So we're not going to... We're not going to penalize the salesman because an installer took an extra hour. Uh, however, the, the sales guy does have to tack on money if it's a high rise and the guys can't park near it and have to haul glass up. You know, there, there's a lot of variables in the matrix that we use, but, you know, it, it seems to work out for everybody. So you have to check the cost on every job that somebody sold. Yeah. And, you know, how much they sold it for to determine how much they're making on a per job. So in essence, they're getting paid per job. Yeah. But they still have to hit a target number to, to cross over the break even. Right. And conversely, you know, it sounds negative that they you can subtract, but they have the right to charge more for unusual situations, uh, a really difficult removal, um, having to squeeze it in on a Saturday, they can charge for the overtime or charge whatever if the customer has to have it as a rush. Uh, so there are areas where you can pick up on that margin also. Okay. Good question. So, it works both ways. So, I mean, we're all talking about the average sale. You're going out on a five foot stall and it's a door and panel. I mean, we all pretty much know our costs right off the bat for a basic three eighths clear. And a lot of us already know our costs on half inch clear. And it's a simple calculation to add low iron or your coating or whatever it is on top of that. You get into specialty finishes, then you can add on for that. Mm -hmm. That still all falls you know, into your margin. Well, as a but, previous sales guy, that's the way I was always paid based on, you know, margin and uh, sales volume. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense, right? And and as long as everybody's open and transparent about it, there's no hidden costs, mm -hmm. you know, it is what it is and anybody can see it. Mm -hmm. So we have no problem with that. It seems to work out okay. Otherwise I'd have salespeople leaving every two minutes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's up to us as a company, Chris, you talk about setting goals for this year. We just had a great meeting today about setting our goals. What's our marketing goal for this year? Mm -hmm. What do we need to do to expand to get the phones to ring more? We can all see a slowdown in the, in the industry. We're kind of lucky that we have our manufacturing because we're getting orders from other people. and We know that they're a lot slower than we are. Uh, and you just feel it. So we have our, uh, our ear to the ground. And then we have to start making our adjustments. What do we have to go after? You know, what message do we have to get? 
Uh, do we have to increase our online presence, our social media presence? What do we have to do? Get into television, be creative, start giving tours to builders that we really want to do work for and, and have them come and see why they should choose us as their supplier. And even if we're not their primary supplier, at least as a backup, you know, they may have a great 10 year relationship with a very good shop, but that very good shop, something could happen. The guy's truck could go down. Uh, his supplier could go out of business. Something could happen. And I think the builders appreciate the fact that you don't mind taking a second seat to somebody. Mm-hmm. And it's good to know they have a backup in case they need it. And somewhere along the line, it's going to happen. They're going to drop the ball somewhere. And you're going to get that call. Yeah. Yeah, it's the truth. They, what goes around comes around. And it's like, it's just a matter of time before you get a call back from, you know, that contractor. There's contractors we've done work for in the past. And then um, they decide to try somebody else for a while. You know, maybe they've got a lower price or something. Yeah. Or make prom, you know, or make promises, you know, to do it faster or something. And then after a while, they find out, oh man, these guys are promising stuff that they really can't follow through on, or I'm losing because of the lower price. You know, the lower price is costing me too much. Yeah, and and, and it's sometimes it's not even price. It's uh, they swap because this guy's girlfriend works at a different class shop. Sure. You know, and, it, and it's a personal yeah. relationship. Sure. You're not going to step in the way of that. Yeah. You're going to let it play out. If it works, okay, it works. It's the way it goes. I do business with relationship people also. I've got insurance guys calling me on a daily basis trying to get our insurance business or whatever other type of business they could sell. But once you build a good, loyal relationship, just like you are with your suppliers, you don't want to move unless something happens. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So now you, Bill, being a fabricator yourself. Yeah. Now, do you guys sell to other shower door installers? Yeah. A so lot. That, that's interesting. So how how do your customers feel about the fact that you guys are kind of like competitors and suppliers at the same time? Well, we don't supply any hardware to any of the local shops. We'll sell glass. So we'll be like a a glass supplier. I'm only selling hardware to select people. Okay. In select locations. And we do. There's a few guys on this uh, group that are using our hardware. Mm-hmm. But it, they're not infringing on where we have our affiliate store set up or any of our personal stores set up. But I sell a lot of glass to most of the competitors in this area. How do they feel about it? I guess your question is, how does who feel about it? Right. Well, I mean, I've heard people complain or I don't know. Complain is the right word, but yeah, maybe complain, you know, like about another, um, a supplier who also does installation. And then, you know, that there's, I don't really get it myself personally. I really don't see things with the same perspective that the average person does. I really don't see people as competitors so much because I think that we're all different enough to where 
there's no two people who are selling the exact same thing. You know, you just, you've got products and you've got services and it's like uh, that combination is always unique. Um, but, you know, I know like the, uh, uh, of, uh, there's a company here. We were talking about uh, WBS um, like last week. And that that's a company that also has an installation arm. You know what I'm talking about, Tim? And then and I've heard people who've been like butthurt about that somehow. And I really don't understand exactly what that's about. WBS, they do commercial work too. Yeah. A lot of track, you know, uh, strip malls and stuff like that. I know that's um so um, what was the what's the name? Yeah, of when installation arm. I can't think of their name now. I can't the think Don, of Don's Mobile Glass. Yeah, Don's Mobile Glass. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, so it's kind of interesting. Uh, yeah, I've heard people talk about, oh, they didn't like the fact that they were a supplier and that they're also an installer. And again, um, I don't really get what that's about. Maybe someone could explain I think, to me. I think the issue, can you hear me, Chris? Am I on? Yes, I can, Greg. Yeah. One of the issues was uh, the concern that we had years ago was that you'd send a quote across to get your materials quoted for like a small commercial job. And then an in-house salesperson there would pick up, you know, would saunter by the fax machine back in the day and pick up this quote. And then he'd go out and bid the job himself oh. and so with the in-house installation crew. So you'd actually lose the job to the fabricator because they were out uh, bidding and you were basically providing leads to the in-house uh, team that they had. So that, that's a little shady. That's mm -hmm. different, you know, that's different than just being a supplier and a competitor. That's like a little dirty. Yeah. yeah. That was on the commercial. That was the commercial side. Yeah. Years ago, there was a company up in the Bay Area called Calvadic Kibbe. And they're a big time commercial uh, company, but they also had a wholesale division. And, it's, and we'd buy from them. But the minute they stepped foot on the peninsula, that was the end of it. You know, when they came down here and did work. One of our right. one of our other suppliers that they did a lot of commercial work, they would buy from him. And as soon as they bid a job and took it away from him, he canceled every order he had with them. And you know, that was it. See, we we didn't have that. We had guys say, I don't want to buy from D3 because ultimately it goes into the Dobbins pockets and that's only building their empire. And I don't want to support that. I get that. Yeah. Not a problem. But if you really look at it, they're competing against my shower door, right? They're in the same customer's house. That customer's getting two, three estimates. Once the customer makes a decision who they're going with, now he's already won the job. So the question becomes, where do you want to buy your glass? Do you want to order from Old Castle or True Light or whatever your choices are? Or do you just want to get from D3, which is right up the road from you? That's that's the bigger issue. So some of the guys say, yeah, but you won't D3 and, you know, you're still making money on it. And that's feeding my competitor. Yeah. He's got a valid point there. I'm not going to force him to buy, but I think a lot of them have found the value of what we can do and how fast we can turn it around far outweighs the potential of feeding the, the empire, as they call it. But yeah. they have every right, and we don't hide it. I mean, we tell them who we are. They know who we are. 
We don't hide it, but they have that choice. If Greg was selling to his competitors, which right now he's only manufacturing for himself, but if he did that, he would be in the same boat. You know, he would say, hey, I'll sell you the glass. I'll even sell you the hardware. You sell the job first. The problem Greg was just talking about is that particular guy would submit bids to get quoted from the supplier. And that's not the case here. We're very, very few of the people that order stuff from us get it quoted first. They have a price list. We show them how to figure out their pricing. They don't need to get it quoted. We're only seeing an order come through. So that whole stealing your quote, that doesn't happen. Greg, am I the, pretty accurate in what you're talking about? You're spot on. In the commercial world, which I was in for a while before I smartened up, um, <laughs> there, just, there, there's just, there's just, you know, the commercial storefront business is just absurd. I mean, the, the, you're the bank, you know, the whole drill, you know, and then, so you'd send in a quote to the supplier and then they would, you know, then there were a separate division, the installation crew. But of course, what really was, was the salesperson would go over and rifle through the, uh, you know, quotes to see if he missed anything. But in the commercial world, usually they were putting bids out to everybody. It was only the, the negotiated stuff that you were opening yourself up to, but mm-hmm. we don't live in that world anymore. So it's very, very much you better. Get paid at the end. I get paid at the end. Exactly you right. You don't, get, you don't get stuck for retention. Correct. Yeah. And we have, and now we say to, we have a couple of builders that do some commercial and residential and they'll say, well, we got to do retainage. And we say, well, we won't sign the contract if there's retainage. And they say, well, you, you have to, then we just increase the price and we sign the contract. Yeah. So, and then we get the retainage at the beginning and then we might get 5% later. So, but that's rare. So we did have some exciting news tonight. Ooh. Let's hear it. Brian, are you on microphone or are you quiet? Well, I was, but I'm not now. (laughs) Brian and I have been talking for the last three or four months. And we've come to an agreement and we actually, uh, uh, Clinton Glass is acquiring Premier Frameless Shower Glass. So we closed on it a couple days after Christmas. Brian's retaining some ownership of the company. So he'll be staying on board. So he's retaining some ownership and the goal is to grow the Chattanooga market. And we'll... um, the sad news for Brian is he doesn't have to lift heavy glass and install it anymore. Ugh. And uh, uh, we will. Terrible um, news. Yes, terrible news. And yeah. so, 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 uh, and what it allows us to do is fabricate and install stuff in Chattanooga and allows Brian to spend more time talking to customers and, uh, and less time installing. That's fantastic. So, so nice. congratulations. congratulations, you guys. Congratulations. That's, awesome. That's great. Good for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, you guys look like a good team, man, to me. Watch out, Tennessee. Yeah, and Brian's, (laughs) I mean, you guys know Brian's terrific, and and I know for him, it's a little bit more difficult adjustment. I'm going to speak for him, um, because obviously you go from being the boss and taking care of everything to not having the control that you had before, not that he won't have some, but so, um, but the attractiveness that I think that worked for both of us was that there's a, a larger... Uh, reward at the end of the day as we grow that company as he's part owner of that company and um, we can accelerate that with our installation crews and um, so it's very exciting that is exciting awesome yeah it's like knowing both both of you guys really well i'm so happy it's a great great partnership yep 
great partnership. Yeah, so, Greg, so are you creating? You you've acquired Premier Glass. Are you changing the name or leaving it Premier? And are you running it as a separate company? <laughs> All great questions. <laughs> um, it, we're leaving the name, but we're using it as a. It'll be a sub name of the company, so it'll actually be one company, but there'll be a sub. Um, Division. For banking purposes, division, correct. They'll allow the customers will write a check to the same company name, Premier Frameless. The van will stay the same, et cetera. So, but we will, and so we've been in talks about how to how to leverage the Clinton Glass name. Nobody knows it in Chattanooga, so you're not really leveraging that. You're you're leveraging more of the in-house fabrication uh, hmm. and installation. So the goal for me is we've got Knoxville. Now Chattanooga, we've got a great situation here where we can build. You really need a business that's been around. And, and has set a reputation and just has kind of hit a ceiling on growth. And that's, that's Brian's situation in that. And that's not an insult. It just is very hard to grow a company. And so Brian was being pulled in a hundred different directions, of course, running a business by yourself, but he'd done it well mm -hmm. for 15 years. And a lot of places don't make it two years, as you know. So it says a lot about Brian that he was able to make it go for 15 years. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's poised perfectly. So, and then, then we'll see about tri cities, which is up North. That's really uh, what I'd like to eventually do is see about, see how this goes. Uh, but you really need the combination of Brian and the established business. You can't just go in and buy it and then clean house and replace everybody. It's really, you got to have the right personality. And that's what I enjoyed meeting. And really it's this shower door group that brought this together. So, um, oh, wow. so I want to thank everybody true. on the group. Yep. So Chris gets a broker fee? Is that what you're saying? I'm sorry, I can't. Send <laughs> <laughs> me a fruit basket or something. Well, congratulations. I wear a large t-shirt. A large? <laughs> My size is large, so. Uh, no, Good I was just going to say you earlier, you know, this is a, it's a, a great thing for both of us. And um, I, I get the privilege of taking off a whole bunch of hats and not putting them back on again. Um, I, I don't, I don't mind installing, but uh, I'm not going to miss installing. Mm -hmm. um, that's, Word. that's going to be okay. Uh, so no, I'm excited. Um, I'm very excited. And I, somebody mentioned earlier about cleaning shop. Yeah. Um, I've got 15 <laughs> years worth of stuff and, um, Hey, if any of you guys need glass racks, I'm the guy, <laughs> uh, anyway, I I've got a whole bunch of stuff that I need to get rid of and clean shop and, and whatever, but, um, no, nah, I'm, I'm looking really forward to all of this. It's a good thing. How many employees are part of that package? At the Brian had three employees, one. but there's just one or part of the package. Just me. Okay. But the other two are staying on. No, the other two, there was, uh, Brian, do you want to elaborate or you want me to elaborate? Uh, no, go ahead. I mean, uh, okay. really the, the, the long and the short of it is they, their jobs were absorbed. Um, I mean, that's the best way to say it, right? So we had a part-time helper on the install side. And so we'll be handling installation. And then the office person is we're going to handle all the office stuff. So we handled the, what I thought was a pretty generous severance package to make sure that everybody was happy. Good. That's yeah. wonderful. It's wonderful. Yeah, because you don't want to go in and be rude or mean or anything along those lines, but there's just duplication at that point. So, so will the we'll be, be installation be coming out of Knoxville? 
Correct. Cruise coming out of Knoxville. Yeah. And so it's an hour your, and a half. What's your distance? Hour and a half? Yes, correct. Okay. Yeah. Very good. And I, what's the furthest you go, Bill, by the way? Is everything come out of D3, no matter where you go? Yeah. Okay. And so D3. you, you yeah. ship it once a week or once a day, or they come, the crews load up and hit the road and go to Orlando, or is it trucks delivered to Orlando once a week? or They go to Orlando twice a week. Twice a week. Okay. Go to Orlando and Boca twice a week, Tampa three yeah. times a week. Nice. Wow. Beautiful. But that it's going to work out perfect for you. An hour and a half is very doable. Yeah. And you know, the area, I mean, East Tennessee is just 75 North South. So it's not, it's not like you're, um, Billy and I are pretty close, but we're a gazillion miles away from each other because the roads to Asheville back and forth are very, yeah. uh, windy. <laughs> I know that firsthand. Believe me. <laughs> Driving that stupid camper. Yeah, um, nobody ever goes, I got a quote from somebody in Asheville. You know, that I never hear. Yeah. <laughs> Billy's, in a, Billy, Billy's in a great spot. So anyway, that's our, that, that's our news. So That's um, awesome news. Thanks for sharing thank you. it here, man. That's, that is, makes is, my day. Is somebody from Clinton Glass getting elevated to oversee Knoxville, or is Brian going to be basically overseeing that brian will be uh, brian will be overseeing chattanooga certainly and um he and i will be spending a lot more time together uh, unfortunately for him so. very good very good it's exciting okay. stuff that's exciting stuff yeah yeah i mean really that we're is. doing six six million in knoxville i certainly chattanooga is good for two to three i would think depending upon how aggressive and time and all that type of thing but it's going to take you know, I would be, I'd be pleased with 2 million, Very but good. we'll see. You can do it. Yeah. Yeah. Exciting. But you got to have somebody, especially remote, you know, I know you've got some systems set up, Bill, but you got to have somebody you can trust. And that's where, again, Brian comes into play. You know, you're not hiring somebody and hoping they work out and hoping you can trust them and check in the monitors of where they're driving and where they are. You know, I just don't have time for that. So you got to have somebody you can trust. So. Wait, you're going to monitor me? <laughs> Do you, oh, yeah. check your oh, ankle. I, I, I oh, ankle bracelet. That's why you want the fan. You're gonna put a thing on the fan. Now a little, I see. a little zapper if he spends five minutes at McDonald's. Oh. <laughs> Time's up, buddy. Turn his taste buds off. <laughs> yeah. No, it's all good. So it's exciting. It's definitely something different. And Brian and I have just been chatting for quite a while, and he's actually done a lot of changes to the business that are positive changes towards get a lot of hard decisions. I mean, I don't know you guys in the smaller shops have it's hard to make decisions to let stuff go. We let the insulateds go, focused on shower doors, and it really made a difference, um, and certainly made it much more attractive from from my point of view that we didn't have to discontinue products and all that. So it's all good. Yeah, and uh, you know, I wanted to say that um, I I use the term. Uh, mentor. Greg has been my my business mentor for, I would say, two years. Uh, and actually, it was November um, two years ago uh, where we were both on the same Zoom call uh, and Greg invited me to his shop and the rest is history. But um, because Greg has been uh, my business mentor, I was able to get the business uh, in better shape. And now he's reaping the benefits of that and <laughs> yeah. uh, both of us are both of us are. yeah no and it's all it's so. all good and it was one of those conversations and actually it was at christina's 
showroom hmm. where I said to him, what do, what do you, what do you want? You know, what is it that you want? Do you want to grow it? Do you want to sell it? Do you want, you know, do you want to keep it the same? Then there's no wrong answer. And I think the answer was, yes, I want to grow it. And then, yes, I'd like to sell it. Um, <laughs> All of the above. <laughs> yes, Little did yes, I know he was yes, setting me up. Yes. yes. Yeah. It's so in said, what order, though? Yeah. You want yes, to sell exactly. it and then grow it. Right? <laughs> right. So that was just one of those things. It was kind of a, hey, let me know if you want to grow it. I'm here to, you know, support you in any way you want. If you want to sell it, let me know. And so that's how the, that's how it went basically. Yeah. You know, the beauty that of was this a good news, conversation, the beauty of this news, especially for other guys in this industry that watch us, but don't come on here is that they realize that we do work together. This yeah. isn't a, this isn't cutthroat where we're trying to hurt mm -hmm. each other. We're actually trying mm -hmm. to help each other and we're mm -hmm. partnering up and mentoring each other. Chris, congratulations again. It's <laughs> yeah. really, you think about what that has accomplished. Mm -hmm. uh, That's a big deal. It is. Yeah. Well, I'll consider it a success. We need to get his, get our retirements up. Does that make sense? We're both in our late fifties. Yeah. So the goal is to get this company large enough that it, it's financially successful. And also if there's a buyer at some point that, that there's more of a payout. That's one of my personal goals for Brian is that when the payout comes, that he'll get more than he would have gotten by a long yeah. shot by himself. And yeah. I don't mean that in a mean way. That's not a condescend. Yeah. That's that's no. that's one of my goals. So well and just for clarification, I'm in my mid fifties. So <laughs> I'm in my, my late fifties. <laughs> You're in your mid fifties. I was speaking I should speak for myself. My apologies. How long did the um, I'm right on the precipice. <laughs> Until you cross over 60, Chris. Okay, you cross that's what I thought. 60. That's what I'm holding on to. So, yep. Yeah. So, of course, Chris, you started this with the GCS deal. And, yeah, um, it sounds really familiar. A year ago. Very, very similar. Yeah. Like, I was on my own basically for the most part for about 15 years. You know, there were, there were times when I had, you know, a crew or a couple of crews going, tried different things, tried being union for a while, tried try being full service, try doing commercial, try all, all it's kind of stuff you were yep. describing, Greg, you know, yeah, like that crazy stuff. And then, um, yeah, kind of the same deal, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to sell? Do you want to, do you want to get out? Yeah. I want to do all of that or grow it. Yeah. I want to do everything. <laughs> Let's grow it and sell it and get out, you know? <laughs> so, um, that, that's cool. You know, and it's funny, like talking about the cooperating and, and kind of going back to what we were talking about a little bit earlier in the call about competition and people having getting like butt hurt about other people doing well. I mean, what, what you're talking about, like people doing shady underhanded stuff, that's not cool. Nobody likes that. But the idea of like, oh, Bill's going to make money on this deal. And it's like that. And I don't like that. You know, what a lame attitude to have, you know, it's like, I've never seen somebody in this group do well and felt, oh man, that sucks. You know, it's like, right. I love I love it when you guys are, are doing well. I mean, I love to hear good reports, you know, and it's, it's when people that are, it's when people are struggling, you know, that, um, that I feel bad, you know, cause I, cause I don't want to see that, you know, it's, uh, this is my family, dude. I was like. I was raised a glazer, you know, my dad was a glazer, 
My older brother was a glazer. You know, I grew up playing with, uh, you know, vacuum cups and caulking guns. You know, those were my toys. You know, I used to make up haunted houses. You know, I'd use those big old gloves. Remember those big old glass gloves I used to have? They were huge. They were scary. You know, I, I used them as props in my haunted houses and stuff. Yeah, yeah, man, this, like, this is my family. This is my, this is my, uh, my people. You ever try to ride glass carts? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I would love to ask you guys a few questions on here, but we're going to keep the dollar amount out of it. All right, it's got zero to do with dollar amount, except the uh, premise that Brian, as you were getting ready to go through this, I'm sure you leaned on your accountant, your CPA, some kind of a financial advisor to make sure that this that this deal made sense, right? <clears throat> Did were you getting pushback like, oh no, you need to get more? That was somebody outside of you and Greg pushing you to either ask for more or tell you that it, you're getting a good deal, or did you kind of make that decision all on your own without outside advice? Um, no, I did. I, I talked to my CPA, and he was saying, Yes, you need to get more, but I told her, I'm happy, I, I don't. I don't need to get more. Um, this, this is a good deal. Um, and I think she was looking at it from more of a narrow perspective than I was um, because it's not always all about just the number. Mm -hmm. uh, and to me, it's the whole package. Um, and I, I don't, I don't know where she was seeing more money, honestly. Um, I think uh, what Greg offered was more than fair. Um, and I'm, I'm totally happy with it. So, yeah. That's an answer I love to hear because outside people don't understand your business, your job, your role, your headaches, and what this brings to your quality of life to take that burden off. You're going to live longer. You're going to be happier. You're going to have a whole new outlook on things. Totally new outlook on things. Uh, as far as Greg, he's growing his business. You couldn't have a better mentor. You couldn't have a better associate to work with. You're probably going to end up at the end of this three, four times what you could have gotten, you know, had you put your business for sale. And you're oh, going to feel really no good about it. Yeah. And, and you're going to feel yeah. really good about it. Yeah. For you. And, and, and the way I put it is, you know, Greg is taking this um, where I have wanted to take it. Um, <clears throat> do I have the ability to to get it there? Uh, probably. Um, but it would have taken a lot longer. Um, and uh, it, it it's the right thing at the right time. Yeah. So. Yeah. If there's any way we can be of any help to you guys, I don't think you need it, Brian, because Greg is extremely astute. Mm -hmm. But if there's anything that, that happens that you need it, feel free to, to reach out. Really yeah, I appreciate it. Um, <clears throat> no, Greg is, has been great through this whole thing. And yeah. uh, I mean, like I said, for two years, he's been mentoring me. So, so uh, it's all good. It's, it's uh, I'm, I'm very happy with the way everything has gone. I can honestly tell you, there's nobody on this Zoom call tonight that I would say stay away from. So really, no matter who you 
who you partnered with. There isn't anybody on here. I'd say, no, that guy's shady. Yeah, that guy's trouble. Yeah. Like, I would say, Bill, on, on my end, there were a couple of things I wanted to make sure that his wife, Sue, was comfortable with everything. So, uh, you know, the spouse's job is to protect uh, the husband or wife, which is obviously they're, you know, and they're that voice when somebody's excited about something that can go, hey, wait a minute. So that was one thing. I, I, we, um, they both came up, visited the shop, and basically it was an interesting, it was a good, fun meeting. It was basically, I said to his wife, I said, what are you, what are you concerned about on this possible deal? You know, and she expressed her concern. She didn't have any, she was very polite, and she said, well, I'm worried about this and this and this. And so those were, that was a fantastic conversation. So, um, and then, like I said, my goal is, and I think if the CPA, and I understand a CPA saying, gosh, for 15 years of hard work, you should get more, da, da, da. I get that completely. But the retained ownership, even if with an early departure, I want to make sure he was taken care of if he felt like he had to leave early. If he said, oh, gosh, I just, I can't do this. I really need to run my own business. I just can't be in, you know, working for somebody else anymore. I want to make sure he was taken care of there. And then also, the big, the bigger carrot is at the end, like you said, the three to four to five times bigger payout. That, yep. that's my goal yep. for him. I want him, I want him three years, five years from now to look at me and say, this was the, this was a huge positive decision that I made. I have no doubt, no doubt at all. You're positioned well. I mean, look at the months we've been listening. He was having problems with his supplier. That takes that right yep. off. Right Gone. off the plate. <laughs> yep. Yep. Greg, what's some of your strategy to grow that to two million? I mean, obviously Brian's got a presence in that market and has been for a right. lot of years. But but um I just maybe I'd talk about that. Do you have a strategy uh about how to hit that number? Yep, is a good point. Obviously, you get a closing percentage, which is probably I don't know what your guys is. Ours is about two thirds. Um yeah. And what Brian's done is he's had a lot of contacts with builders over the years. He's had a lot of contacts with different different customers over the years, but he's been pulled in so many different directions that he hasn't been able to either keep up with certain builders or he hasn't been able to follow up with certain builders. So as a matter of fact, today he sent me a list of builders uh, on a spreadsheet and professional accounts, and we're going to call on those accounts, really. So that's number one is go back and say, hey, remember I couldn't keep up or I couldn't do this or I couldn't do that or I wasn't able because the size of our operation, now we can. We got the best of both worlds. You're still going to deal with Brian every day, but you're going to have the fabrication installation of Clinton glass behind you. So calling on those accounts, we're going to do the usual stuff, home shows, do some, I'm not a big fan of internet stuff, but I think it's a necessary evil. We'll be doing the Google type searches and stuff like that. But really a lot of calling on accounts, and builder accounts, and then um, we'll see about some local like mint magazine or something. We'll see. So that's the plan. It's kind of a thumb media, shoe leather, and then your home show type stuff. Mm-hmm. And we'll get growth out of it. We'll get growth out of it. I'm not. It's really it's it's referral business. If if anything, the referral business is our bread and butter. We got a lot of great builder accounts, but as you guys know, your builders have slowed down some, they're still busy, but they're not anywhere near as busy as they were. So um, the referral business has kept us strong. That's what I love about some of my smaller competitors. They've been chasing builders for the last three or four years and they haven't been building up any homeowner referrals and homeowner referrals are gold, absolute gold. That's the truth. They don't even price shop you lots of times and we're competitive, but they'll be like, my neighbor across the street said to use you done. Yep. Yep. Answer the phone, get him a quote. 
show up and install it. We talk about that so much on this that the homeowners are more important than the builders. Builders are good, yep. good steady yep. work, but yep. when they have a good sub, they're not going to tell their friends about a good sub. They're keeping it to nope. themselves. Correct. But yep. you do a good job for a homeowner. They're going to tell all their friends when they Everyone. walk in. Everyone. Yep. yep. And so many and so many small shops. The path of least resistance is builders. Yeah. So they call on the account because that that means they can stop selling. So if I get a builder, I can stop selling and I can stop quoting because I just want the builder to call me and tell me that lot 14 is ready to measure. That's wonderful. It is wonderful until the, the builder drops by 10, 20, 30 percent in volume. And now what do you got? Meanwhile, your competitors got Mrs. Jones and all her neighbors and the referrals keep rolling in for them. And remember, when the builder drops 10, 15, 20 percent in volume. Their payments go 60, 90, and 120 days out too. Because they don't have oh, the yes. cash flow they had. Correct. That, happen, and, that happens every single cycle. Yeah. And they got all this infrastructure they built up where all of a sudden you see the builders got a designer, in-house designer, in-house service person, in-house this, in-house, and they're slow to make those changes to cut back those positions because they are hoping it'll turn around and then the overhead's there. Yeah. We've been through, you know, three cycles like that. Yeah. And uh, the homeowners is what carried us. You get your money, half of it up front. You get your other one. Mm -hmm. On completion, you get a, a higher dollar amount and you get the referrals if you treat them right. Yep. And people think they're a pain and that type of thing, which I love. It's, That's you know. right. Yeah. yeah, stay away from them. That's right. Yeah, stay away from them. They're nothing but trouble. You need to get the easy work for the builder. Right. Yeah. It's like when I moved to Santa Cruz, um, I saw his bumper sticker on a car. It said, surfing sucks. Don't try it. <laughs> That's like Tennessee is terrible. Don't come to East Tennessee. Yeah, I don't come. Yeah, it's funny. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but I kind of think about, um, you know, that show Shark Tank. I used to love to watch that show. You know, I like to dabble in inventions you know so it's kind of fun to watch that and think oh man what if i had that big idea you know and i go on the shark tank you know showing my idea and i watch these people go on there and they're talking to these really big you know heavy hitters in the industry whatever industry they're in pitching their idea and these guys are showing interest and making offers and you know, they're asking for some outrageous amount of money for some tiny percentage or whatever. You know, you've seen the show. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I'll tell you what, I'll give you kind of the opposite of that. You know, I'll give you like a hundred thousand for 90% or whatever they're, you know, whatever they're doing. And and see people walk away from the deal going, No, I'm not going to take a deal. And my thought was always, man, you're crazy. You are crazy not to, because first of all, the opportunity you have to work with one of these people who was killing it mm -hmm. uh, in business can teach you so much about it is willing to partner with you and and uh, take on your pet project what a compliment what an opportunity first of all and then secondly it's like it's not the last idea you're ever going to have I mean, if you had a good idea, something good enough to sell to somebody who's smart, odds are, if you use your noodle a little bit, you'll come up with more of those over the course mm -hmm. of your lifetime. So just 
the opportunity to go out there and, and do something. And uh, um, you're getting an opportunity there that that most people never get. So I like the idea of, of partnering up with somebody more established, more experienced, that has different ideas, that has different uh, perspective. And, you know, maybe it'll work out great. Maybe I'll hit it big or maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just walk away with what I came in with. You know, but, but I was happy when I when I started. You know, I already I had enough when yeah. I came into the game. Uh, I'm I'm grateful for for all that I have, and uh, I'm a rich man, um, richer than a lot of people who have ten times the money I have, because you know I'm, I'm happy and I've got love and I've got relationships. I got friends. Look, I got all you guys here and gals too. Plus, you save money on silicone all these years. Save money on silicone. <laughs> save a I'm lot. Glad, of I'm glad you said it, not me this time. <laughs> we were all thinking it. We were all thinking it. Just the money I've saved in silicone alone. So, uh, so yeah, really, congratulations and kudos to you too, Greg. When you talked about um, talking to Brian's wife and sitting down with her and finding out, man, that's not something that everybody would do. That's really well, pretty, pretty insightful. Yeah. Well, she, you know, she, we knew, we know she has his back and I wanted to hear what her concerns were and they were very good concerns. And mm -hmm. So we put everything in writing and got it over to them and they were very good. So I'm, bigger, I'm super excited. The bigger question is, did Brian ask your wife if it was okay? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do that. No, <laughs> no he did not. <laughs> And the second thing is, is there an Aubrey's in Chattanooga? Is there an Aubrey's? Is there an Aubrey's? Yes, yeah. there is. Oh, oh there you go. That's a win. Yes. We'll have to meet and all have a dinner there. That, you know, uh, the other thing about Greg talking to Sue is there's the crazy wife test, right? Because <laughs> if, if you talk to, to the guy or whoever, crazy spouse test, you know, and you're like, all right, let's go. And then you hire them and then they've got a crazy spouse and now you don't know what's going to happen. Right. <laughs> well, so, so then you interview the spouse, let's go out to dinner. And then if you don't get the deal, then, well, it was the crazy spouse's problem. fault. <laughs> it wasn't mine. I would love to tell you that was the the deal. That was not the deal at all. I knew that if she put up with you for 15 years running her own business, <laughs> that there was there no way she was crazy. Good call. <laughs> <laughs> when she was ready yeah she's like you take the deal we're out <laughs> nice very good yeah she gets her husband Not back good. at night absolutely keep, keep us informed how this goes okay you know we will um uh, i i see nothing but upside mm -hmm. nothing but upside as long as that hour and a half travel and that's not a lot we're already doing an hour and a half north, so we already got experience with it. So it's yeah. it's not gonna it's not gonna be the issue. Fantastic. Well, I can't stay any longer. I gotta say goodnight, guys, but really happy to hear that. It gets the New Year's off to a great start. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I need to get going too. I'm gonna go to the airport and pick up my wife. She's been out of town, so I miss her a lot. You can do that. She <laughs> might have been trying to sell your business, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> One can only hope. <laughs> <laughs>
just go to Facebook and search for Shower Door Pros and you'll find us. I look forward to seeing you.